Welcome to the Untribal Podcast, the show that gives you news content by regular people for regular people. Today I'm joined by Matty Fernie in partnership with the Long Bangers Podcast. They present themselves as Not Your Average Hibs Podcast and it's exactly what it says on the thin. I've been excited to speak to these guys for a long time because they do some incredible work in my community. It gives Hibs fans, my local team in uh, Leith, a platform to offload their troubles and worries in the name of mental health protection. They're open about the fact they're not experts in the field, but they do their uh, best to help their fellow tribe. What an exemplar group for caring one's com community and who doesn't what like a blather about Scottish football as well. So without further ado, Matty Fernie, ladies and gents, you right? Matty, you all right? Yeah, good, thanks. Just... Uh... Just realise how dark the room is that I'm sitting. I'm sitting right underneath the light, so I don't know if you put this out in a, a video as well. But I look like, do you know, when folk are on the news and they're asking not to be identified, and, and they sit in a shadow in a disguised voice. So I, I, apologies for that. Witness protection. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't worry, mate. We 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 offered some of the short snippets on Twitter, but you're all good. Hey, Matty, do you want to tell us a little bit about your journey doing the pod podcast with the boys and how Heed Bangers, the spin-off podcast to try and help people's mental health, is, is sort of transpired? To developed into what it is. Yeah, so we started, I think Long Bangers was maybe three years ago. Um, started it just on, on my own, speaking into a, a phone as a lot of podcasts, I think, start these days. Um, and then it sort of grew, other people came on board and uh, eventually we sort of settled with uh, myself, Colin and John, who are the, the sort of current permanent fixtures. Uh, as we went into lockdown, I think it would be around about that time, um, I kind of clocked that Hibs were doing a lot of work with uh, the Community Foundation and the changing rooms. So Sam H, I think, uh, run it in, in um, conjunction with the Community Foundation and a lot of good work about men's mental health. And we reached out to a guy called Neil Renton, uh, who was a big advocate of that that program, and said, "Why don't you come on and talk about mental health and, and issues? We'll we'll try and support it and raise a bit of awareness. We had a little bit of a platform to do it at, at that point." So Neil came on, uh, had a fantastic episode with another couple of really good guests, and Heatbanger sort of just grew from uh, from that. We did a couple of things during um, lockdown, or just at the back end when football fans were getting back in, where we had a wee initiative that if people wanted to go back to the football, but they they were lonely and they didn't have something to go with. We we connected them with other people so that they had then uh, like a friend if you like to to go to the games with. Um, We've provided season tickets for folk um, through um, our listeners kind of uh, pitching in. And we've just really relaunched Heatbangers in its own right uh, last week. So it's uh, myself, Neil Renton, and uh, Gordon Greenan, uh, who also does a, a fantastic podcast called uh, Twisting Your Melon, which is worth, uh, worth uh, looking out for. It ties in uh, mental health and music. He's uh, a really good guy, Gordon. So that's kind of where, where we're at with the, the podcast. The Hibs bit probably challenges us for our own mental health, like the state of the team at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good to have an outlet to talk about it. Uh, yeah, no, mate, honestly, I, I can't commend you any any higher shoes. So it's some brilliant work that you guys are doing. Thanks. Um, and the podcast we're talking about today is is politics and sport. As you know, it's a, it's a politics podcast. The politics at East of the Road has kind of changed over the years. You know, I, I, my dad used to watch Hibs in the 70s and he said there was quite a lot more sectarianism back then, singing about Ireland. You know, People that are probably from Edinburgh and don't have any Irish relatives singing about Ireland just with that identity that we've got. I mean, Hibernian, I believe in Latin or Gaelic means Ireland in, in, in some sort. And obviously we've got those roots from the Irish Catholic community down in the Cowgate, and that's where sort of it all grew from there. And obviously that's where you've got Celtic and Dundee United as well, where that came from. 
and the the politics he's thrown it's it's changed a lot. I believe the trickler was banned for a while, but I'm starting to see a lot more tricklers at Easter Road. I was wondering how you see sort of that debate and and the identity as Hibs as a club. Well, uh, uh, Hibs, the sort of the factual answer to that is at some point Hibs sort of came back as a, a, a non-sectarian and uh, non-denomination club, so it was open to all. Um, from my time of watching Hibs, I've never really viewed us as a, a particularly Catholic club. I mean, I'm not a Catholic myself. Um, and I suppose like late 80s, early 90s, there was an element um, that some of the songs, you would have some of the the, the rebel songs and um, some of the songs that Celtic fans sing now, even to the likes of You'll Never Walk Alone. I mean, that was quite a regular um, song at Easter Road when I first started going, but you, you would never hear that at Easter Road now. I think there's a small element in the... the sort of latch on to the singing section that's there just now that will try and um, reinvigorate some of these songs. But I think that's more a case of young guys trying to be controversial, as young guys like to be, uh, rather than a deep, at least I hope it is that, rather than a deep-rooted uh, return to sectarianism. But it's never something really associated with Hibs is, is a, a sectarian problem. No, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean, certainly speaking from my own experience going up to the ground, I don't remember ever hearing sectarian songs that we never really sang about Ireland. I don't know if that's uh, the, yeah. the Edinburgh clubs have kind of grown up a little bit, but I, ha- I have noticed a wee bit of a resurgence. And, you know, you, you talked about the young team, to be fair, and I, I think there was one chant about Ryan Porteous loving the IRA or something. <laughs> he's from Edinburgh, or so I, I don't think he's got an opinion on that. And um, I, I, I think the Hearts fans, quite a few of them, there's been a resurgence there. I don't know if it's, as you said, just young people trying to be controversial, or do you think it's a growing sense of, of division in, in Scottish politics more generally? I think people are emboldened these days. Like, I think it's, I mean, you, you could tie it into uh, the Brexit debate where you, ha- you had, like, the, the pro-Brexit, that the right-wing side of that movement made it almost acceptable to be a bit racist and a bit divisive. They painted uh, you know, immigrants as, as the boogeymen. And the, pe- people were, were much more comfortable becoming openly racist, sectarian, you know, whatever whatever demographic they wanted to target, it became almost okay to do it under this kind of guise of freedom of speech or or just because you had people on the TV that were given a platform to, to do it. So I think for a, for a long time, people would be, be shocked. If somebody, if somebody accused you of being a racist, you would be horrified about it, and I think that's there's people now who are kind of openly racist and, and quite proud of the fact. And I think people being emboldened with stuff like that seeps into uh, the the football culture. And you see it with Rangers and Celtic. I mean, Rangers and the issues that they had um, financially, and they they almost became like this persecuted, or they they, they took the victim mentality, and that emboldened a, a, a lot of their section to kind of fight back against everybody else. And so they're. They became more vocal, I think, with the with the sectarianism, and probably have a bigger problem now than they used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, personally, just because I'm, you know, I obviously follow politics quite a lot, and I think there is a very hostile and divisive nature of Scottish politics now. It's just, it's unfortunately, it's una- unavoidable. I think you're right to mention this this um, sort of rise in, in right wing media and being more vocal and open about how they're against immigration and and these kind of topics. I think that comes from, I mean, previously you had political correctness. Now you've got this thing called woke, that which people kind of de- demonize 
as something similar to that. And and yet, I think people are being a lot more open about it. And I think you're absolutely spot on to uh, point out the Brexit debate as well, which was largely centred around immigration. And I think obviously the question of Scottish independence has entrenched two mm-hmm. two groups of people in Scotland now. I when I was a kid, I don't remember British national beat nationalism being a massive thing in Scotland. Nor nor was Scottish nationalism. To be fair, obviously Scottish people are very patriotic. You know, you just have to go to Hamden when Scotland are playing to to see that kind of level of emotion, if if you like. But I don't remember it being this staunch you know i don't remember people identifying so strongly with the british flag and the scottish flag and it being this touchy a subject i don't i don't know if you agree with that but i do i think it goes back to what i was saying about the the platforms if i go back to um you go back a number of years before you had like ukip there was the i'm not necessarily tying ukip with the bnps of the british nationalist party who were very right wing and the national front these were like your sort of extreme nut job uh, sort of groups that they were they were demonized but they weren't given a platform they weren't given any credibility so you wouldn't see anybody from um the bnp or or the national front on Newsnight, for example but all of a sudden because it uh, it became almost normalized you had people like farage or and um do you want to forget the guy's name the, the former members that uh, that would then all of a sudden appear on yeah, uh, Newsnight or Question Time, or and they were given this platform, and they weren't because they were almost ridiculous before. Do you know they were that right wing that the people just didn't really kind of pay them any any attention, other than to, you know to look down on them. But all of a sudden, then they had this this platform to talk it, it has legitimised that point of view, and then it grew and and, and uh, like you say, it emboldened uh, people on on the back of it, and you have that rise in nationalism on the. On the flip, yep. uh, the flip side of that, yeah. I think another factor is is social media as well, right? Because I, I don't know about you, but football is becoming more and more intense because of social media. Like, it, it means so much now because you're getting an absolute paster on Twitter, on Facebook, anywhere you go. You go home from a game, you know, if you're getting beaten at a derby, you, everyone's addicted to their phones. That's all you see in your phones. And it's just, it's just chaos in your head. You yeah. can't escape it. And I think that's playing into it because... In Scottish football, we definitely went backwards. I, I I remember being at a Hibs Celtic game last year. I don't know if you're there as well, Matty, but Celtic were singing about Ireland, and it, it actually you actually had Hibs fans from the East End booing them, and <laughs> that almost got the Celtic fans more hyped up, and they were singing more and more about the IRA. And I was like, this is this is bizarre. This I, I like I I can't re- ever remember this. Maybe maybe when I was a kid there was a little bit more, but I can't remember it being that bad. And I think Rangers fans of really embrace this sense of unionism i mean that that's always been a big thing but mm-hmm. i mean they're singing god save the queen and rule britannia a lot more than from my from what i can remember for about 20 years and i think it's because of that social media and the the echo chambers that people are surrounding themselves in i think people are just getting worse a hundred percent agree and it's crazy to think that people's politics align to the football team which is another thing like that there yeah. are and not everybody, you can't tie everybody with the same brush, but there's a, a huge demograph there that um, basically pick their politics because of the football club, that they, they speak they're unionists because they're Rangers fans or they're uh, the support independent because they're Celtic fans or, or you know whoever else. And it's nuts, really. You know, your football club shouldn't really influence uh, your, your political persuasions. I don't think if you were being rational about it. Uh, the social media aspect is 
is absolutely huge. Uh, and I think it's because everybody finds themselves, no matter their point of view, which side of the spectrum that they're on, but they, they find themselves in an echo chamber because generally people follow accounts that um, they are in some way in tune with. Um, and so you end up kind of going down these rabbit holes where you hear the same voice, the same opinion from loads of different angles. And you think this is the prevalent opinion, you think this is the populist one, and that you're just like everybody else because that's all you're hearing. Um, and I suppose that that ties into why people are emboldened as well. But but that that's the the danger of social media is you don't get the other side. Yeah, and I think another divisive question was obviously the royal family. I think obviously that was massive news last year with Queen Elizabeth passing away. I think everyone it, it took a shock to everyone really, and I think it really highlighted where people's views are. I mean, Celtic and Rangers, I mean, when Celtic were clapping their hands for the minute silence, I thought, oh God, this is not going to go down well. But what I what I was most surprised about is the numbers that showed up for the food, like in Edinburgh, <laughs> there was thousands upon thousands. I was like, God, no, that does actually run in the veins of this country, the, the sense of, you know, alliance towards the monarchy, which I, which I hadn't seen before. Yeah, I found that surprising, uh, as well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a royalist by any stretch of the imagination. I find the, the, the idea absurd, really. Like, if you were starting a civilization today and somebody suggested a monarch, you'd, you'd kind of tell them to stop being stupid, wouldn't you? Um, I, I kind of always, always felt that in Scotland there was more of a detachment to the royal family than I think it, it is very prevalent in England. I think that there's, there's a strong royalist element in, in England. I always thought it was less in Scotland. And maybe it's just a lot of that small number came out for the funeral and and, and that that kind of thing, but um, I was surprised at the the scale of it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really expect that, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, I th I think it was such a big global event as well that you wanted to people wanted to be part of history. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That that was such a big thing. Maybe maybe it didn't tie necessarily to people's politics. I don't know. Um, but another another big thing in politics, obviously a big talking point last year was the World Cup because you have this idea of sports washing where nation states use sports events to deflect what's going on in their country in order to enhance their reputation. And that's happened across decades. You've, you've seen the, the Munich Olympics back in, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, can't, I can't remember which decade that was in. The 80s, I think, so the Munich. It, yeah. Late and 70s, it, early 80s. Aye, and I think there was the one before as well where they actually killed the members of the Israeli group. I think that's when Nazism was was huge back then. Um even even in rugby union, as as early as the nineties, you had people uh, chaining themselves to the goalposts and in fight of the apartheid at South Africa mm -hmm. games, and last year you have this topic of, of the Qatari World Cup. Where, where what was your stance on that, Matty? Uh, I thought it was a disgrace that uh, it went there. Did it stop me watching the World Cup? No, um, so a bit of a hypocrite. Um, but I, I think the whole sports washing thing. Um, People make a noise about it. They still watch the the games. I mean, you look at Newcastle, for example. Newcastle getting bought over by, by an abhorrent state, really. You know, if you look at their human rights record, it, it, it's indefensible. You ask Newcastle fans who are winning games now, left and centre, if they're bothered, and there's very, you'll find very few of them that are genuinely upset about it. They can go, well, football teams winning, things are good. Um, the LV with the golf, like the you know, if the money's right and it's appealing enough, people will look past a lot of things that are very, very distasteful to see what they want to see. Well, very much shame, that. Really. I, no, absolutely. It's because of this emotional grip that sport has on people, and that's why it's so effective. So, I wonder 
you know, Saudi Arabia come knocking on Easter Road's door. I mean, aside from the fact that uh, Ian Gordon and co are making a, an arse of the club just now, you know, would that would that bother you? Uh, it would bother me. Um, would it prevent me going? I don't know. Uh, it's a it's hard a one. It is. I've, I've asked myself a question, that, that question, especially when it was happening with, with, uh, with Newcastle. Um, and you think, what would you do if you were in that situation? Because I like to think I'm quite principled um, and, and tend to try to be on the right side of things. It's a huge part of my life. It, it, it's like that bit where you would say, yeah, I mean, do you just change like a, a, such a significant part of your life on, on a point of principle? Or could I see past it? And I, I genuinely don't know the answer. I like to think I would probably not go and, mm-hmm. uh, and protest and find something else to do on a Saturday afternoon. But I can't guarantee that's how it would happen. No, well, exactly. And, you know, you're, you're spot on there. It's such a big part of people's lives. You know, people have been going for, you know, my dad, for example, has been going for <laughs> 50 years. <laughs> um, and it's it's such a big part of people's lives. So it's hard that it's, and it's out with your grasp. Like, how, how are you meant to make a, a difference there? Really, it's it's happening in golf, as you said. It's yes. it's happening down in the Premier League. You know, and Hibs are challenging for league titles. I, I, I don't know if I couldn't say no to that. It's, it's tempting, isn't it? That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I, a lot of the promotion that I've seen at Easter Roads in the last season is, um, you know, the LGBTQ plus community and encouraging these people to go to the game how far do you think Scottish football is uh, being from a, a wholeheartedly welcoming place for these people? Because I cast my mind back to 2006 and that semi-final when Hearts were singing all the high bees are gay. And that was some sort of derogatory mm-hmm. insult that genuinely meant something to people back then. Obviously, we've come a long way since then. Do you think, do you think we're past that? or I don't think we're necessarily past it. I think the, the landscape's much better now and, and a lot of the... And the initiatives that the clubs are involved with are, are helping that. Um, I think now you've had a, an openly gay player, was an openly gay referee, um, and the, it feels like we're almost at a little bit of a, a watershed moment um, f- f- on the, the wider thing. I mean, there's the there's the, um, the trans people in sport debate, which is kind of wild at the moment and a very difficult topic to uh, to really explore without upsetting people you know one side whichever whichever um point of view you have on it it's a very emotive subject i like to think it's more inclusive certainly it's not something if i think about the the chants from the 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 terraces or the stands um very very rarely to hear anything homophobic or i think it doesn't really enter people's minds these days that it would be an issue and um yeah if there was a gay player i don't think they would get the amount of stick that they would have got maybe 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I would agree with that, to be fair. I mean, maybe we're being naive and and football is obviously a very backwards environment. You know, we've got a long way to go until it's, you know, prim and proper with, with the rest of society. I think one thing that's bigger just now, I think, is the racism. I don't know if you were at that <laughs> game at Tannadice. Was it this season? Where the boys shouted... Back in the last season, I think. Or maybe early this season, actually, it was, yeah. And he shouted something uh, racist at Jair Tavares, and a fair play at the club actually for going and investigating that um, to see to show that they're actually taking it seriously. But it, you know, it's it's mad to think that that's still prevalent because I have I have heard that in the Terrison uh, amongst Hibs fans, unfortunately, and it, it makes you sick to your stomach. It does. But what I would say, and to, to give football fans in general some credit, I think these things are 
they're shocking because they're isolated now. And I think it does. There are instances where it's more widespread, and you you see it. We talked about sectarianism, and that's a huge issue. Um, but I think something like that, you you see a lot more self policing with fans now. So I've I've been around somebody when they've shouted, and they've been shouted down by people beside them, which is fantastic. But I think also the fact that you've got um, Hibs, and I think they deserve huge credit, they didn't just drop it. So if, if the timeline of that incident was it happened, it got flagged, Hibs and uh, Dundee United and Sky Sports initially said, we've listened to it and we don't think it was a racist uh, insult. It was derogatory, but we'll, and we'll deal with that. But they didn't just put it to bed and they actually went and investigated it properly and then came out and said, actually, yes, it was racist and, and if we can find who did it, we'll, we'll deal with it. I think when you've got isolated incidents and the clubs are dealing with it, then that helps keep it under control. My own experience is that I haven't seen massive amounts of uh, racism at the football, and I think clubs and fans deserve a good bit of credit for that. Sectarianism is totally different. There's two clubs, well, one club uh, in particular that, that has a, the, the big issue with that, uh, that they seem totally unwilling to, to resolve. Massively, and I, I, you know, I, I think you're spot on. Self policing, I think, is has been massive, and yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I myself have called out a racist uh, when we were playing Hearts at Hamden last season. I called, I, I called a racist. Uh, someone made a racist comment. I called them out straight away, and you know, he even said, I, "I'm sorry, mate. I just, I just got really excited, and I, I think it's they get something out of shouting controversial to to, to lay out their anger. Not condoning that in any sense, but." sometimes that's where it comes from but I think the self-policing is brilliant I think Hibs have got a lot of credit for for investigating that case in particular and I think what's amazing as well is you know Joe who's getting a lot of credit just now is Marvin Bartley obviously a hero hero of both you and you and I but he's actually getting well respected around Scottish football because he's calling people out you know I I don't know if you've seen the stuff about Tam Cowan on Twitter yeah absolutely and I think more more power to Marvin um, for it and it needs it needs that voice, not just Mar- you know Marvin Barrett. It needs a widespread voice for for whenever it happens, people to call it out. Uh, we we talked about this um, on one of our long bangers episodes that come up, and uh, I, th- I think Rangers had been at Easter Road, and and for ninety minutes you were getting just songs about Fenians and X and Y and Z and all the rest of it, totally unacceptable. And what happens when you talk about it? You raise it on uh, Twitter, and they go, "But what about the Celtic fans?" They sing this, these songs, or your fans sing that, and you think, yeah, fair enough that other people do it, but deal with your pro- don't use that as an excuse not to deal with your your problem. And I think you're at the point where you need commentators, um, presenters, fans, podcast, whatever it is to say. Rangers fans did that in that game. That was Rangers fans. We're not talking about Celtic fans this time. We're not talking about Hearts fans or Hibs fans. Rangers fans did it, and just keep that noise and make it all about them until they resolve it. And then if there are other clubs doing it, you do the same to them and call it out specifically and not shy away from it because you're going to get a bit of heat on, on Twitter or, you know, um, protests or your windows put in. I'm not recommend yeah. doing things that you, your windows put in, but people like Marvin Bartley that can take a stand and be very public on it, I think is the, the best way to, to eradicate the uh, the problem. Just keep keep the focus on it and force the issue. I, I, I agree with that, you know, for, like if, if it is a, some set of supporters one week then home in on them I, I absolutely agree with that and I don't see any problem with that because you're going to get from all sets of football fans you know mm. you, you you had that idiot at Tanadice that shouted that thing 
And Hibs fans should have been called out there and, and made a big deal. And, and we can own up to that. You know, one week it'll be hearts. I mean, the, the case with Celtic and Rangers is obviously more prevalent because of how, you know, bad the religious divide is over there. Yeah. I, I, I wonder, the sectarianism question, it seems to be almost secondary to racism in in people and how people perceive it in Scotland. It's it's almost like it's not quite as bad as, as racism. Do you think that's because people don't take it seriously or do you think we've actually got a culture problem in Scotland? Uh, a bit of both. Um, and I think it's, I think people feel helpless to change it. I think it, it's, um, it's such a specific almost Glasgow problem, right? I mean, obviously there's Rangers and Celtic fans all across the uh, the country. And part of the issue is that we group the two together as well. And I don't think that's always fair. Um, but when you talk about it, it's like a Glasgow-centric problem where they have this. And it's, it doesn't just pervade sport. It's uh, The sectarianism is wider than that. People aren't only a bigot when they go to the football. They spend days, you know, the days in between football being bigots. Um, they maybe don't voice it as, as much or behave like that as much but if they're a bigot on a Saturday afternoon they're a bigot the rest of the week as well and I think people feel powerless to change that because it's such a big problem because it's um, it's been prevalent for so long that you almost don't know where to start football obviously plays a part in trying to eradicate it but it's not only a football problem mm. do you think there is do you think the idea of a 90 minute bigot is valid or no. do you think it's nonsense it's nonsense how 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 can you? Yeah, I, I don't get the logic. Of that. How can you for, for ninety minutes decide that you you don't like Catholics or you don't like Protestants, and then for for the rest of the week you decide that they're they're all right and they should be treated the same as everybody else? I mean, that the idea is just absurd, isn't it? Really, I think and people who use that as an excuse need to to, to have a, a good look at themselves and say, so what am I playing at here? It's not acceptable. It's not acceptable for one minute. Never mind ninety minutes. Absolutely, but it's it's weird that I you know I actually lived in Glasgow for six years, and you know I used to work at Sainsbury's Bank where there was always a a bit of football sort of panto going on there, and there was Celtic fans, there was Rangers fans, and they got on. You know they, they're all Weejays, you know? <laughs> we're all from Scotland. Yeah. yeah, we all watch Scotland games and and support on our team there and get on absolutely fine. And people have mates across that divide, so I I, I always find that. With Hibs Hearts derbies, for example, obviously the the passion and emotion is as big as it is anywhere in the world, in my opinion. It means yeah. a massive amount to the people of Edinburgh. Just, for, uh, you know, going from experience from people that I know that and the people I muck about with is, is massive. And on game day, you're you look at the Hearts and you're going, oh, like you're, you're, the hatred's going and that and that's Correct. on both sides. And, it, and yep. it's and the emotion it it overtakes you. It really does, and and that can. That can you know the 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 result can linger for for a week you know and it, it still lasts but I always felt that I've got loads of mates that are jambos and we go up and and, and have a pint the next weekend and there's uh, there's not even a, a whiff of of problems or issues whatever I find it strange that you didn't have that through in Glasgow there there is a severe hatred there didn't muck about with Protestants didn't muck about with Catholic it's, it's mentally eh? yeah I mean it is it's crazy in fact this day and age. You know, we're, we're, we're such a progressive, I mean, Scotland is a very progressive society in general, apart from this sort of backwater attitude that we have towards uh, the religion, which is crazy. I can't, I don't think I'll ever get my head around it, how people think it's acceptable or or that it's normal. It's just uh, mind-blowing, really. Uh, no, absolutely. And I think another 
problem you have as well is the because the the manager's job in both Celtic and Rangers is so big. You know, I, you know, I, I don't, I think we underestimate how big a club Celtic and Rangers are. You know, in terms of the fans that they do have all over the world, the amount of people that go every week it is, it's, it's mental in terms of the support that they've got, and it's no secret how much it means to the people of Glasgow as well. That's that's absolutely no secret at all. Um, and I think the the pressure and all the emotion that goes behind that job, I think managers would find it hard to call it out as well. I, I, I remember Brendan Rogers, I think, called it out once when he was a Celtic manager. I can't remember what the song was, but he called it out and he said, he said that shouldn't be right. And I, I don't know if Rogers, because he was such a big name in Scottish football, he, he felt almost he could do that and he, he, he was a bit detached from the emotion. But I look at Ange Postacoglu and he's loved by the Celtic fans because he wouldn't say a bad word about them and he's always buying them. And that's, and that's fine. That's a, that's a good thing. But you have that conundrum where the people in football aren't calling it out either because they're almost brainwashed by how, how emotive it is. I think it's a great point that you make there, Ernest. Um, and there's something that, like again, we've talked about it on the on uh, long bangers before. Is if if you don't if if you're inherently anti-sectarianism or anti-racism, how could you work for an employer where the culture is? To be sectarian or racist or you know whatever the issue is without an element of discomfort or feeling that you can try to change it from the inside that's probably the only excuse that i could think that you would go into an environment like that and be comfortable enough to say right i find this abhorrent but i'm going to try and do something about it from the inside and i can use my influence for good but you don't see that like you see you don't you don't have stephen gerrard for for example coming out and calling out uh the sectarianism and saying you know you, you sang songs for 90 minutes there guys and that's not supporting the team it's totally unacceptable that's not who we are as a football club mm-hmm. it just gets swept under the carpet uh, and whether that's because they don't want to upset the hardcore and lose the money that, that, that comes with it but there was a uh, I think it was a Samirin fan had tweeted uh, Graham Spears through the week he'd had a discussion on it and it was a, a promo video for Rangers who the they were releasing a kit, I think it was, and the, the tune that was in the background was the famine song, and the language that they used were we were here before anybody else. This is an official, um, an official what? club, bit of markets. The famine song in the back. This is how how deep rooted and, and, and brazen they are about it. It's like the orange strips and everything, but though that's a nod to our Dutch players and that. You know, come on now, you know that that a strip with a sash in it. The, you know, <laughs> the other season. If if the club and the marketing is geared towards it, you, you don't stand a hope in hell of anybody going and, and challenging it. But I th- I think the I think the culture, um, it brainwashes the people that work there as well though. Because I, I I remember Gerard when he first walked into that Rangers dressing room and he seen the photo of the Queen uh, up above it and he was smirking. He was like. What? What is that? And, I, and, and I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not mocking uh, the culture of Rangers football club. Listen, they're you know they do a lot of good work as well. But Gerard from an outsider came and he was like, "What the hell is that?" Within two weeks, he was coming down East Road blasting simply the best in his speaker. He's absolutely in in golf. It's 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 just crazy. Um, I mean, I I think another issue is is obviously the, the orange march that you have throughout um Scottish cities. I, I actually I had an ex-girlfriend from Glasgow. I went out with her for a while and I actually realized how touchy a subject it is, even for people that aren't really 
into the into the football or whatever. They were very football neutral. In fact, when Old Firm Day were on, um, she had a couple of family members that said, we actually turn the telly off and turn everything off and just hope it's a draw because we know people that have been stabbed to death in Glasgow City Centre mm. just because of the result. You know how the domestic abuse goes up in, on, on Old Firm Day. All the rest of it. Um, and... I remember we were having the debate. It was it was me, my dad, and and her. We were in the kitchen, and me and my dad's. You know, we we're not we're not tied to to either religion really. We we're we're not Catholics. Mm-hmm. We support Hibs. We're, we're we're agnostic really, if anything. And because we're not as entrenched in it in Edinburgh, we kind of said, you know, we should just ban the orange walks. They they incite hate. They do all this harm. You looked at what happened in Govan a few years ago when they were attacking each other, was fireworks going off and it was chaos. And she, she, she almost she, she like she was shedding a tear. She was like, "You can't just cancel people's culture like that. You can't just cancel what's been going on for hundreds of years." I, it, it took me aback because she she wasn't religious either, and I thought, "What?" Because she's got a lot of uh, Protestant family. And I thought, wow, it, it's really, it really does affect people through there. It's, it's, it's much bigger than you think. I, I think her dad's was Northern Irish, perhaps that tie and the and the story she hears from that. I, I, I don't know, but it was just mental to see that emotion in someone that doesn't even go to the football, isn't, isn't even interested yeah. in it. I, I, I get the argument about the, the 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 heritage and the culture. Can you cancel? Or you can if it's based on hatred and and division. Uh, and you, you need to can't who wants if that's your heritage and your culture doesn't mean you have to be like that all the time doesn't mean you have to celebrate it I mean you look at um I know that I'm comparing the two but but the, the attitude towards slavery in America you know, folk who, who own slaves or family that own slaves they're deeply embarrassed about it but that's their heritage and their culture they're deeply embarrassed about it they move they want to move on because the times have changed and they've understood that it's, that's totally unacceptable. What happened years and years and years ago shouldn't be allowed to continue, and, and they want to wash their hands of it. Similarly, if your heritage is hating Catholics, you need to draw a line under that. You need to grow up and 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 say, right, well, yeah, we did that. And if your marches are, are causing harm to other people, uh, and, and it's targeting other people when you're on the marches, stop doing them. And absolutely, you can cancel that because. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do you need to do that? It, it's nonsense. That's not celebratory. It's offensive and 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 uh, incendiary, um, and, and unnecessary. Absolutely, and and it's it's funny you mentioned that because the guy that actually used to sit next to it at Sainsbury's Bank, he, he was he was a self rec- self proclaimed reformed man. He 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 was telling me about the time he spent four hundred quid on a flute. He was in the the Orange Order, and he was like, "No, Ennis, I used to." I used to spread hatred and bile, and one day I, I woke up. I, th- I think he was he maybe had a kid on the way, and he woke up and he was like, "No, I, I can't do this anymore." And 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 fair play to him, he, he owned yeah, up to it, and he, he he said to he said to him, "Look, you know I I am a Protestant, but I look, I I can't do this anymore. Like I, I it's it's almost like I've I've realized how much hate I'm actually adding to the world." And he actually said to me, "The most mental thing is." They're they're actually part of the same religion, Christianity. Ah. They're they're literally arguing about the way we the way in which we should follow Christianity. It's just it's just crazy. It's it's absurd. It's like you need to realise you can celebrate and absolutely should celebrate being Protestant without that needing to be equate to being anti-Catholic. The the two can coexist 
uh, you know, in, in harmony. There doesn't ha doesn't have to be a divide there. You can you can celebrate who who you are and what you are without mm -hmm. you know it, it being at the expense of somebody else. Absolutely. And, and speaking of bigotry, right? Because I I've always found this uh, conversation interesting because I spoke to Mary Black about this actually, and she was hilarious because I was talking about how you've got you've almost got a sense of bigotry in Scotland that's that's anti-English right you know you've got you've got this this rhetoric people have it's almost like this inherent feeling and it's um you know entrenched in in sport and other things like that the way I see it is football is tribal you have fierce rivalries and on game day when Scotland are playing England you know your your, your emotions go and the passions there absolutely but the way I see it is after that, I've got family in England. I've got people who live down there. I love people down there. And it's nothing personal. But people are starting to think, well, you know, is it more than that, though? Is there something about this anti-English attitude in Scotland that isn't right? And there's been calls recently to change the national anthem from a flower of Scotland because it's anti-English. wonder what you thought of that. And uh, So I, I grew up, my mum is from Plymouth. Uh, and my big sister is, uh, is also English, um, so I grew up in a sort of mixed household, uh, and I've always had a drilled into me about the importance of not being anti-English. I've seen it with more eyes. Like my mum, remember, uh, my mum had somebody spit her, and she had an England rugby top on, and she had somebody spit her in a, a, a petrol station forecourt for, for it. And you know, uh, yeah, just kind of, again, grow up. The... The anti-English thing is is like the acceptable racism in Scotland, isn't it? Where, where it's sort of drilled into a lot of people from a a young age, and people, it's so ingrained that people don't challenge it when they see it or, or, or hear it. They just accept that it's either a bit of laugh or it's because we're Scottish, and they, therefore it's okay to be anti-English. And again, I think the going back to the previous point, I think you can be fiercely Scottish and very proudly Scottish without being anti-English. I mean. You, you know the crimes against Scottish people that the English committed centuries ago. Yeah. Centuries ago. The folk who are living in England just now didn't do that to us. We didn't need to hold it against them for forevermore. There's, there's loads of things that you would, that you, that you can recognise are positive from um, from England and English people. They're, they're just folk like us, aren't they? You know, at, at the end of the day, there's no reason to uh, to hate them. And it's, it's something personally, because I have that, that experience of it, I would love to see more action taken to kind of eradicate it always makes me uncomfortable i know some of it's good humored as well you know or, or the, i suppose this is it's like the casual racism isn't it that, that kind of comes in that folk folk make light of it because it's it's scotland and, and we don't like english people yeah so, no, i know and the weird thing is that not the weird thing the ironic thing is that you know people in the, the north england for example are they're just the same as us people in the south of england are the same as us we just speak a little bit differently yeah. and we, we've all got pretty similar humor to be fair like it's not um it's not radically different and it's interesting you say that and it's and i think it's when you have when you t get tapped into a personal experience you think well no that's actually not quite right would, would you would you change the scottish national anthem <laughs> would i change it um no, probably not. I don't think folk are anti-English because of the, the national anthem. Mm -hmm. it, it's a fairly rousing song. I mean, it's, it's not everybody's cup of tea. Mm -hmm. I suppose if I was going to change it, it would be probably just to find a better song. But Sunshine and Leith. Sunshine and Leith would, would do. Um, <laughs> don't know if that would go down well with too, too many people. So. Like. I don't think so. But um, yeah, I, I suppose... Uh, 
if you were being totally clean cut about it and, and saying it was anti English, then you you if you want to change it, you would probably have to change that the anthem as well. Absolutely. I, I, th- I think I think sometimes these things fall into gestures rather than actually something meaningful. What happens? You end up building up more resentment because people feel that they've they've had something taken away from them, yeah. and then they they blame that on the people that are being targeted in the first place. Yeah. So I don't know if it would just get, be more hassle than it's worth. Probably the division and hostility is the is the last thing we need in, in exactly. Scotland right now. Uh, but listen, it's been a it's been a pleasure talking to you, Matty. You've been a you've been a great guest today. Is there anything you else you want to say to our listeners before we go? Uh, no, uh, just uh, you know, if you're a Hibs fan, hope you have a good day on Sunday. Or I've had a good day on Sunday when this goes out. <laughs> well, so. This is getting released on Monday. That was <laughs> on, on, Well, I hope it was a good weekend for you. That, that's all. <laughs> oh, thanks God. very much for having me on. We're, we're obviously going to regret that, aren't we? Like, oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's been brilliant chance here. Some interesting chat. And uh, yeah, uh, hope you have a, well, hope you've had a good weekend as well. <laughs> Cheers. Catch you later, man.